0: Welcome to the Trip Anthropologist podcast, where together we travel thoughtfully around the world. Hear fun and fascinating conversations featuring locals and experts about the history and culture of your next travel destination. Be inspired and amazed at some of the world's most intriguing and iconic locations. So, pack your curiosity... Fasten your seatbelt and get ready as we take off for this week's adventure with your host, award-winning anthropologist, Monique Skidmore.
1: Hello, travellers, and welcome to the Trip Anthropologist podcast. Each week we're taking off on a trip to some of the most exciting or unusual destinations in the world. I can promise you that I'm just as curious as you are. So together we'll explore the history and culture of the world, one trip at a time. Today we're off to experience a religious sanctuary that became the site of the most famous physical event in human history, the Olympic Games. This is not your usual dusty plain or rocky outcrop with a pile of ruins on top. Olympia was designed from the beginning to make the most of its beautiful setting. I'll be talking with Nikki Vlahu, of Niki Olympic about this famous site to understand why the Olympic Games were held here, what the games were, and why they were such a big deal to the ancient Greeks. When you arrive in Olympia, you might be wondering where Mount Olympus is. The answer is a long way away. Mount Olympus, the home of the gods, is the highest mountain in Greece part of the Olympus mountain range in the north of the country. The archaeological zone of Olympia is in the Peloponnese, where many of Greece's classical era ruins are found. Beginning as a religious sanctuary with an awesome temple of Apollo and about 70 other buildings, from the 8th century BCE, a series of athletic events known as the Olympic Games were held here. People came to compete from right across the Greek world. The games were known as the Olympiad because they were held every four years. The Greek city-states sent their athletes to Olympia under what came to be known as the Olympic Truce. Modern-day advertisers, I think, would be proud of the range of add-on experiences that occurred during the Olympiad. Poetry, sculpture, painting, songs, religious sacrifices, economic and political deals and military alliances were in evidence during the festival period. The Olympic Games started as a running or foot race, but came to include 20 events at any one Olympiad. As an equestrian, I love that although women weren't allowed to compete in the Games, only free men were. They made an exception for female charioteers, and I would have loved to have been one of them. So let's join Nikki Vlahu now and learn some more about the ancient Olympic Games and the ruins of Olympia. Nikki, welcome to the Trip Anthropologist podcast. You've got an interesting name. Can you tell us who you're named after? First of all, hi to everyone and thank you for having me
2: here. I am named after the ancient goddess of victory, Nikki, Nike, if you prefer a a more American pronunciation of the name, who was a goddess with big wings and used to fly all around the country to crown the winners of uh, games, of uh, wars, etc.
1: Just kind of like a good fairy in some ways. So, your association, though, with Greek mythology goes much further than just uh, the goddess Nike. Can you tell us about your childhood summers and their connection to Greek mythology?
2: Yes, actually, I was uh, lucky enough to be brought up by a grandmother who, as bedtime stories, would always tell me different stories about Greek mythology, about the Cyclops, about Ulysses. And that fascinated me so much that probably was one of the reasons why. I wanted to keep up with reading about the mythology and then passing all this fascinating information to people through my job.
1: If you visit lots of ancient sites or famous monuments around the world, you get used to seeing really impressive stone structures, often perched on a high point or perhaps backing onto a city that's over time grown up around it. But Olympia is in a very different setting. Can you tell us about the site of Olympia? I actually chose to work more,
2: actually settle in Olympia for a few years and live and work uh, locally, because I always found the landscape there much more interesting, much more serene. Greece is a country which is full of mountains everywhere, and most of the ancient sites were built on places where they wouldn't be easily attacked, so they usually chose Hills and steep mountains and places that would not be easy to access and still, in some cases, is not that easy to hike all the way to the top. On the contrary, Olympia is absolutely flat and it's built in between two rivers on the slopes of the beautiful hill. So every time I go in that site, I feel an energy coming in from the soil of this sacred place and I enjoy very much uh, walking through it with all the ruins around uh, coming to life. And it's not just any hill,
1: though, that it's backing onto, is it?
2: There is one specific hill. There are many, but there is one specific hill that has always had a very big significance to people. The hill of Kronos, with a K, Kronos, the father of the gods, the one who swallowed his kids so that none of them would take over his throne, like he had previously done to his father, Uranus, the sky. And according to the Greek mythology, it was Zeus, his last son, who was saved and who was secretly brought up in Crete. So he came back and uh, overthrown Kronos, revived his brothers and sisters. And for the ancient Greeks, that hill, among other things, had a very sacred significance because it was where the gods got saved.
1: And speaking of Zeus, Olympia had its origins as a religious centre. And I can't think of another religious centre, though, that's become the premier site in the world for athletes. So what was its religious importance and what can we still see at Olympia from its time as an important religious sanctuary? Actually, Olympia started as a religious centre, combining some sort of an athletic character.
2: For many, many centuries, it was the only place that combined so beautifully both the religious and the athletic character of it. Then over the past of time, athletics won a little bit more um, over other things, but it never, ever stopped having a very, very big importance religiously for Greek people. It was some sort of a Mecca for the ancient Greeks because this was where Zeus was born. This was where the gods were born. So the people from all over the country and from the colonies were dreaming that they um, could visit once in their lifetime either as athletes to compete or as uh, people who would come for pilgrimage and would get the favor from the gods just showing that they were able to put up with all that effort and spending all that time and money to make it to the holy grounds where the olympian honor of so the greeks should gather and have a month of a sacred truce before the olympics
1: can i um, ask you then about the olympics because it's the one thing that people know around the world about Olympia. It's the main reason tourists visit the site. So let's talk about the Olympic Games that began in 776 BCE. How did they come to be held at Olympia? They had the story about Zeus and the Hill of
2: Kronos giving them that important religious significance and making them all want to travel. But the truth is that having decided to start the Olympics in order to bring all Greeks in one common and neutral ground like Olympia was, They needed to find a place that would be the less difficult and the less dangerous to access and the less close to other important city-states because the country was separated in city-states and it was pretty frequent that they wouldn't get along with one another and they would have long-lasting civil wars. Best example that everyone in the world knows has been Sparta and Athens, two Greek city-states that We're not very many times getting along with each other. They chose the area that was far away from both of those cities, but at the same time was in the valley, so they would have easy access coming on foot or on horses, very close to the sea, so they would come on ships from the uh, colonies and the islands. In between the two rivers, which was also giving them easier access and some sort of a way to follow, a map to follow, a GPS to follow, the rivers that were both meeting at the one edge of the site, camping space and food from the valley so it was a beautiful it is a beautiful still area that combined so many good reasons to have a successful organization starting there such as the olympic
1: games i suspect that in order to understand the significance of olympia to the ancient greeks though you'd have to understand the status and the role and the responsibilities of young men in greece Yes. Young men in Greece, of course, it has to do with which
2: city we are talking about each time, because not all cities had exactly the same rules. But, for example, in Sparta, young boys would leave the house from the age of eight and uh, live in the camps with their gymnasts. And the rest of the cities, it wasn't that area that they would start doing that. But back in the ancient times and in a country that has always been very important and in a geographic position that always made it have a lot of threats of attacks from different parts of the Mediterranean and around the world. They needed to be able to defend themselves. And to defend themselves back then, that they didn't have airplanes and nuclear weapons or cannons or anything like that, they would need to have strong soldiers. All the fights would be body to body. So they needed to have strong soldiers, which would be the young boys that started training from a very young age on learning how to have battle skills at the same time that those battle skills could be used for them to perform uh, sports in the actual Olympics. But the oxymoron amazing thing was that at the same time they were teaching them how bad the war is. So they were trying to make them be very capable and good soldiers, but also make them realise that the war is a very bad thing and you only do it when you don't have a choice. And actually the best way to have peace is to be always ready for war.
1: Well, I think that you've half answered my next question. I'm interested in what you think the significance of the Olympic Games was to Greece, but to individual Greeks as well.
2: All the individual Greeks were dreaming, and I'm talking about the men because women, unfortunately, were not accepted, were not allowed in Olympia. But all individual men were dreaming of visiting Olympia, number one, to worship, because it was a major temple for Zeus, there was the Hill of Kronos, there were so many other altars and places where they would feel closer to God. But at the same time, it was very significant because going there and attending the Olympic Games as spectators, they would feel extremely proud if athletes from their cities would win. In the case of being themselves the ones participating, there was no higher accomplishment in life than to be an Olympic winner, so they would desperately want to take part in those games, to be good enough to be selected by their cities to participate in those games, and, of course, to win, which would sort of demify them.
1: Indeed. They were celebrated through the eons, weren't they, in their individual city-states? True, true. You told me that Olympia was well-designed from the beginning. So let's go on a tour with you. Let's arrive at Olympia. What are the main things that travellers to Olympia should see?
2: Olympia is a very beautiful site, although it's full of ruins right now. It's a site that expounds in an area of about 70 acres. When you first arrive and you enter the holy grounds of Olympia, you get to see the area where the athletes used to train. So we still have the foundations, and in some cases, some restored columns of the two different gymnasiums, which were the schools for the body and the mind. So they were the areas where the athletes would train locally, same like they had done for a long time before arriving back home. And they would be training the body and the mind, meaning that they would do academics in the classrooms. And then in the open courtyards, they would do intensive training for the events they were specializing into. In the nude. In the nude, by the way, in Greek, is called gymnos. And that's where the word gymnasium comes from. So I always take my visitors through the gymnasiums and try the best I can to help them picture that place, not only with everything standing, but also with all those young boys there sweating and uh, running and wrestling or training and in general doing their best to stand out amongst uh, all those um, other athletes that had arrived there. There is uh, the Prithanaean building where the priests lived and where there was some sort of an Olympic flame burning. Nothing to do with the lighting of the Olympic torch we have today, but there was an eternally burning flame in an area where everyone was coming in and coming out from, so all people should see. Right next to it stands out the very beautiful Tholos, the round building that King Philip of Macedonia, the father of Alexander the Great, had built after he had united all of Greece. So it's a quite significant historically, but also architecturally building. Of course, very impressive, the two major temples we have. The very first one was a temple that was dedicated to Hera, the queen of the gods, the wife of Zeus. And that's actually where we light the Olympic torch today in front of it. So I always take my guests to the exact spot and try to help them visualize how from the sun and only the torch is being lit right there every time we have the modern Olympic Games. The Temple of Zeus is massive, and although just one column of it has been restored, it's fascinating for people to see all those massive drums and capitals, the way they tumble down and the way they kind of look like a domino still around the foundation of the temple. In that temple stood one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, the golden ivory statue of Zeus. We have to use our imagination and some photographs I'm presenting to people to picture it, but we also have the area where it was built by the most famous sculptors of antiquity, Phidias. So we visit the workshop of Phidias as well. And then what I find absolutely fascinating is that we still have hundreds of bases of statues of the Olympic winners with inscriptions, original writings on them. The statues are gone for different reasons, but we get to see how many of those statues would be there and how impressive it would be for a visitor to see these statues and to realize how many have made their dreams come true and have really become immortals by putting their statues right there with their names on the basis. Right across from them, though, we have the names of the cheaters inscribed on the basis of other type of statues, statues of Zeus. That's quite an interesting point they made. What you get if you win, what you get if you cheat, fame and shame. There are some ruins of uh, porticos, of uh, hotel there was, of some other altars, but the most fascinating area for a visitor to see, and I'm usually trying to finish my visit there so that people can have as much time as they can to walk the place, to feel the energy of the place, to leave it anyway, is a stadium. The stadium of Olympia was very simple and very impressive, and that's the way it still is. It didn't have actual seats. It's an amphitheatrical, uh, artificial... Area of rams of earth where 45,000 people could be seated all together and watch the uh, games, the sports happening in the center of it. We still have the original starting and uh, finish lines, and it's an absolutely incredible place to close your eyes and visualize
1: all those uh, men competing. I've been visualising a really awful thing, actually, Nikki, the end of Olympia, because it didn't just end. So so many ancient sites were destroyed at a particular time in ancient Greek history. Can you tell us about that time and then what happened to Olympia?
2: The Olympic Games actually lasted for 1,200 years. So just thinking of that is incredible, is miraculous. How many things and how many places got continuously organized the same type of thing they were famous for for 1200 years but all things that go up at some point start going down so before the sanctuary was destroyed the olympics had already started to kind of decline the latest centuries of the life of greece and of olympia greece was a roman colony so the games were being organized by the romans and even roman athletes could participate so a lot of things had changed, and much, much later, when the Romans accepted Christianity, in 393 AD, there was a very fanatic Christian Roman emperor. Emperor Theodosius thought that worshipping those gods was wrong anyway, that it was idolatry, but he also believed that all of those uh, pagan sites, such as Olympia or Delphi and other sites in ancient Greece, should be demolished. And that was what he did. He took all of the treasures and all of the precious things out of Olympia and set it on fire, which basically was the reason why uh, people left. The buildings had no roofs left after the fire, so they couldn't really be used anymore. Some rumors say that locally and secretly the games continued for a little while, but it was no longer the big festivity with Greeks from all over coming. So the Games officially ended in 393 AD, and after that we had earthquakes, we had floods, we had mudslides, and gradually all of the site was buried under mud and had a very good rest under the mud until the uh, archaeologists discovered it on the 1900s.
1: Well, as you said, Nikki, the Olympic Games were held at Olympia for almost 12 centuries, but now they haven't been held there for 1,600 years. Does Olympia mean anything to Greeks today? It means a lot, if
2: um, I shouldn't say it means everything. We are very, very proud of uh, the fact that the Olympic Games started in our country. We always refer to all those ideas and principles that they were teaching, the young boys, the young athletes, and we kind of try to make our kids, to make our students follow some of those ideas today. We're very, very happy every time the Olympic Games take place somewhere else in the world to watch the Games there, but we always see that they are referring to them as the Olympic Games, with a name having come from our country, having come from that specific site. The truth is that almost every Greek visits Olympia as often as he can, no matter how far he comes from, he will want to go and walk into that beautiful stadium. So Olympia means discipline, means success, means standing out, means trying for perfection, which was the main meaning of the ancient Olympic Games, means our ancient Greek and very important culture to us.
1: If there's one piece of advice you can give curious travellers listening to this podcast about visiting ancient Olympia, what would that be? To visit Olympia,
2: (laughs) to visit it and to have as much time as possible to spend in there. Do not rush through this site. If possible, take a tour because it's a site that doesn't really help you visualise many things if you just go and walk through it without knowing much about it or read before you go in it or have some type of preparation through an audio guide or whatever, but go and walk through all of it and close your eyes at certain points and visualize what was happening. Spend as much time as you can in the gymnasiums and in the uh, stadium and then go and stand in front of the entrance of a Temple of Zeus and try to get in feeling in the idea of standing in front of a temple inside which Zeus would show up to you alive, as the ancient Greeks used to think with the special effects of the ancient Greeks were using, having a golden ivory statue shining and standing out when the doors of that major temple opened up. I think it's a must-visit place, and uh, after you leave it, you're going to change the way you think about certain things.
1: Well, look, I've been fascinated today to learn about this pan-Hellenic site that played such a critical role in Greek unity, community, and social life, and helped form Greek identity. I'd like to thank our expert tour guide, Niki Vlahu from Niki Olympic Tours. I've been fascinated today to learn about this Pan-Hellenic site that played such a critical role in Greek unity, community and social life and which helped form Greek identity. I'd like to thank our expert tour guide, Nikki Vlahu. You can read everything you need to know about visiting Olympia, the site of the Olympic Games, and maybe even book a tour of Olympia from the website tripanthropologist.com I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Trip Anthropologist podcast I'm looking forward to our next adventure together when we'll travel thoughtfully
0: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Trip Anthropologist Be sure to subscribe to this podcast series so that you don't miss any further episodes and please take a moment to leave a review of the podcast in the app store Begin planning your next trip now at tripanthropologist.com and until next time travel thoughtfully